This is RDQI. moments meant to be lived or to be photographed and lived later oh like so um okay if you're at a a show you know you've been dying to go see a public event since the pandemic begun and now you've gone out to a show and you're filming your favorite song from i don't know fish or whoever you're watching is that kind of what you mean like should you Film that and then enjoy that later, or is it just to enjoy it in the moment? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, you know, millions of examples you could think of. <laughs> sure. But think of it like you have a, um, let's say you have a dog, right? And your dog is doing something hilarious and you think, oh, I want to capture this on, you know, for, for later. So you, you dig in your pocket and you switch on your phone you're concentrating on that and getting the good light and then you take the picture and i think the upside to that is now you have if you do it you've captured that memory ostensibly forever right Mm -hmm. you know you can go back and look at it tomorrow five years from now 20 years from now you can share it with your kids and grandkids people you haven't even you know, people who aren't even born, people, friends you haven't even met yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the downside is that it does take away from really experiencing that moment yourself uh-huh. in a really... And that's that's kind of hard to, to, to state because, I mean, you are experiencing the moment, but you're distracting yourself. It's like you're taking yourself outside of that moment because you're recognizing it as a moment and you now you have to go and and capture that moment somehow rather than just interacting with it in an organic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's a good way to put it. I mean, for me personally, um, most of the time I think it's, it's more important to enjoy it. Um, Having said that, I take a lot of photos and a lot of short videos. <clears throat> like if you, if you were to open up my computer and look through my photos library, you would see a lot of photos where you're just like, um, <clears throat> hey, Ryan, this is literally a photo of your foot on some sidewalk, like in a shoe. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's my because I use that as like a me- as a device for memory to be like, oh, I remember I was here at this time in this place. And it has a geo tag associated with it, too. So, so sometimes I'm that lazy with my memory that I'll literally just be like, oh, I want to remember I'm here and we'll just take out my phone and snap a, a pic of it, right? Um, so I can't say that like, no, you always have to experience the moment because that would be a big liar if I were to say that off the cuff. <laughs> but I'm also one of those people where like, um, you know, I was okay, I was watching the opening ceremony at the Olympics the other day. Um, but like all of the athletes, especially the American, well, pretty much all the athletes, coming in with their phones and like filming what they're seeing (laughs) instead of just enjoying the moment, Um, which to me I find kind of funny because it's like, hey, guys, you know, this is being filmed, right? Like you don't you don't need to film it. Um, (laughs) The cameras are much better, too. You can even get your own copy, I bet. So like to me in that moment, if I'm walking into the Olympic Stadium being introduced as an Olympic athlete, 
yeah, I'm going to leave the phone in my pocket sort of thing. But I can also see why someone would be like, no, I need to capture this and share this with my grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I, I can see that side. Even dumber than that, I mean, you, you and I are on a Snapchat group together with a bunch of our mutual friends that sure. we don't see all that often. Yep. You're going to tell me you're in an amazing event like that. You're not going to snap a quick video to yeah, send to, to all of us. That's a good point. Yep. <laughs> right. Just to keep you guys updated. Yeah. What I find about this question and why it's so interesting is that it's so easy to have a very strong opinion on it. It's so easy to judge, right? Like seeing all of the Olympic athletes walking in with their phones or seeing, you know, pictures of or, or walking into a restaurant and seeing half the people on their phones or, or <laughs> right know, it's so easy to judge and just roll your eyes and say oh my god we're all slaves to technology this is horrible why can't we all get off our phones um but then he asks a simple question like okay well you know if you were in this amazing experience would your first thought not be "Ooh, i need to document this somehow to share it with my friends and family it's it becomes so more ambiguous, like just by probing a little bit. Right. Yeah, it really does. And everyone's probably going to have a different experience they think is worth capturing in that way. Um, yeah, I take, I unabashedly, I take, well, not unabashedly, I try and surreptitiously take photos of the food I'm eating, especially out at restaurants. Um, you know, <laughs> like if it's a particularly memorable meal or a restaurant I've been dying to go to, yeah, I'll, I'm going to take some photos of the food. Um, but I also, I hate being that person who's like positioning elements on the table just tr to try and get the right thing. It's more like I like kind of cue up my phone, like kind of like out of the corner of my eye. I open the photo app basically. And then I kind of scan to be like, okay, my server's not looking at me, right? Okay, cool. And then I'll like quickly <laughs> snap a picture and put my phone away. Cause I, and I know it's total, it's, it's almost funny that like, I try to be secret about it because, like, who cares, you know? <clears throat> but that is such a trope that I've seen being in the service industry and being around so many people who think like that. Where I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be that person, even though I totally want to be that person in terms of capturing that memory. So I'm a I'm a walking contradiction in terms here, I guess, is what I'm realizing. Well, well, that's the interesting thing about it is, I mean, I can tell you a number of times where I've. I, I mean, not even, not, not even at different points in my life. I think we're all hypocrites if we, if we really dig into it, but, but not even different moments. I mean, I'm talking in the same meal. I've scoffed at somebody in the table of my, to my right for taking a photo of their food. And then like 15 minutes later, I'm taking a picture of something. <laughs> it's like how, how it's one of those things that we all love to judge. And yet we all do, but why I guess I guess if that's if that's the case, then why do we care so much? Because we do care a lot. I mean, everybody everybody listening to this has heard the trope about you know people taking pictures of food or people taking pictures of you know nonsensical things or people overusing their phones. Right. Right. I mean, it's just so pervasive. But why do we care if at the same time we also all do it? Oh man, that's a good question. I mean, okay, well, let me see if I can figure out a little bit about why I it irritates me. I mean, okay, so when I see, so when I was like, you know, when I was serving someone at a cafe, restaurant, whatever it was, and I would see someone like 
go out of their way to get a really like capture a really good photo of something that me and the team everyone had served them right now there's a part of that that's a little bit flattering right especially if like your latte art was really dynamite and someone's like oh i got to take a picture that, that feels nice but i think it's some maybe i mean this is probably just me talking who knows if it applies to anyone else but part of it's kind of like uh i wish i wasn't working i wish i could be having an experience like that it might partly be the fact that I kind of resent that I'm not in the other person's situation. It could be that, um, but I'm sure it's more nuanced. I mean, okay, so <laughs> I'm assuming, I'm assuming this example you threw out recently about you were complaining about the person on your right. In, mentally, I'm assuming internally you're complaining about this person on the right, and then 15 minutes later you whip out your phone and take a photo of the next dish that came. <laughs> I'm assuming that yeah. happened somewhat recently, right? Uh, I mean, it's really a number of times that I've done this. <laughs> I mean, I, I... <laughs> sure. So, I mean, like what, so when you're, let's say, judging that person to your right, what, what do you like, what's going through your head at that time? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's a, that's a great question because if I, if I really think about it, it's, um, I, I sort of feel like anger and judgment and and those those types of emotions and behaviors are are typically belying some sort of um, anger at yourself or or judgment about yourself mm. um, that we that we don't want to admit and so we reflect it outwardly or externally on others right so when I'm and it goes back to your point about and I'm the same way if I'm taking a picture of food at a restaurant I'm also going to be as stealthy as sly and stealthy and sly as possible because I don't want others to see me taking the picture so when I'm judging somebody else I'm almost I, I I'm kind of venting my anger at this behavior that I myself have mmm or this impulse that I have to document something as opposed to enjoying it. So is that, <clears throat> so that, you know, irritation, if you will, is that because you're just like, I mean, come on, Dave, who am I that like my life is so worthy of being noted that I'm going to take a selfie at this restaurant? Is it, is it kind of that emotional response of like, I know I want to take this photo. I want to capture this memory, but wow, I must think that I'm like, you know, a hot piece of whatever <laughs> because I'm doing this. Is that what's happening or is it different? I I could see some people feeling that way. F- for me, it's it's more of like a, a sadness that I have this impulse to do this rather than just enjoy <laughs> what I'm eating and who I'm with. And you, You've you become, know. you're resigned <laughs> to your social conditioning. <laughs> kind of, yeah, you know? Sure. I... I want to be. I want to be um, living more in the moment. I mean, you know, that's that's probably one of the things that I I work on the most about myself currently. Is I tend to think a lot about the past, a lot about the future, and not so much about like nothing. <laughs> and by nothing, I mean living in the present moment with the people you're with, just enjoying it, not inside your head. I don't think that's the the universal reason because there are people who take pictures of their food and they're shameless about it. They don't care. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. But I wonder if we really if we really should care all that much because 
you know, let's let's maybe talk about the reason why we even do this in the first place. You know, I think sometimes I've we've all taken photos that we thought were a good idea to take and then realized later on that was a really dumb idea. But we also all probably taken photos that we revisit on a number of occasions and it brings us a lot of joy to remember that memory. Mm-hmm. And it also brings us joy to, you know, like if there are new people in your life who you know, you obviously don't know everybody from the time you can remember. There's a lot of people you meet along the way. And it's really, it's a lot of fun to be able to share some of those memories with people that you've met, you know, to, to, to further explain who you are as a person, but also to, to get them to share in a memory that they just couldn't have shared with you because you didn't know them back then. Sure. Um, so there's, there is tremendous value to the pictures and the videos that we take. There's tremendous value to many photos and videos I've taken. Um, so if that's the case, then what is our, 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 our still pervasive, inherent uncomfortability with this whole idea of documenting everything? I'm going to guess it's because we're in the early phase of the, the technology that allows this behavior to exist, right? I mean, you know, cameras have been around for a long time, but in the 1870s, no one was like documenting their food. You know, no one was, it was, it was, a. you know, you had to be pretty wealthy just to have a portrait, you know, mainly because you had to sit there for like, who knows, a minute or two because you couldn't move or else the image would get so blurry. So back then people mm. weren't so keen, you know, and I'm sure there are plenty of people in the 1870s and before who were like, oh, you're so hedonistic for getting a photo taken of you. You know, I'm sure there was some old curmudgeon who felt that way. Um, but no one, like, no one in our days can be like, wait, you had, like, a single photo taken of you? Like, that's incredibly hedonistic and self-centered of you. Like, no no one would think that, you know? And so, since now, like, digital storage is so cheap, it's so easy to take thousands of photos on your phone and not have to export them before you run out of space. So I think people who recognize like, oh, I can use this technology this way. I can use it so carelessly think this is great. This is a great tool for me to use as I see fit. And I'm sure there's other people who just aren't quite hip to that idea who don't, you know, like remember making photo albums and note that like you kind of need to curate your work. You can't just take a thousand photos. You really need to you know, take 500 and then whittle it down to 50. You know what I mean? And I think depending on what paradigm you you kind of grew up with in terms of what a camera is, it's probably going to change entirely how you interact with like memory formation and taking photos to create memories. Because we kind of touched on this in our memory episode a little bit in terms of how humans make memories, which is a pretty crazy subject and I love it altogether. So I can see why people want to use photos to remember things. And depending on how you like how you learn to use a camera, whether it was, you know, your a Polaroid or like a disposable camera or like the first digital cameras, or say you were born, I don't know, 10 years ago and you have an iPhone in your hand. Like all those different people have very different approaches to how to use that technology, I think. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I remember, I don't know if this is true anymore. I really haven't looked in a long time, but I remember at a certain point, realizing that you could tell somebody's age by how many photos they had on their camera. Oh um, yeah. Oh, because that's fun. the 
older you are, the fewer pictures you have. And I remember my sister is just three, you know, a couple, couple of years younger than me had like 10 X more, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, that was, that was enough because, you know, I, my first picture on my phone was, I don't know. Your social security. Uh, late high school, maybe. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> no, I mean the picture, <laughs> first picture that I took with my phone. Gotcha. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, my sister's was probably junior high. Um, and, right. and it really does, you, you know, we, you and I learned to make memories without that, without that technology or without that crutch earlier. And then you have people, you know, digital natives who have had phones since they were, I don't know, I don't know how early you get a phone. I don't even want to speculate, but <laughs> sure. I don't want to know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, how does that, how does that impact you? And I think, I think maybe that's why it's more scary to somebody like you or I, because we remember a time when we didn't have to have this. Well, well, I don't think anyone has to have it anymore. Um, any more than we had to have it when eh. we were children. I think if it's available, we'll just utilize it to its fullest extent. I think it's kind of humanity's pattern with technology. Like you make technology, you utilize the technology to its fullest extent, you refine the technology and it goes on and on and on. Um, and if you think about it from like purely a cost perspective, I mean, if you, you know, in high school, I took a film, like a photography course at my high school and it was all analog film and film isn't cheap. It's, um, you know, like each photo probably costs a couple of, you know, five, 10 cents, which isn't much money. But when you're 18 and you take 100 photos, all of a sudden that, that can start to add up pretty quickly. Whereas your phone, which can store a thousand photos for basically nothing. I mean, if you wanted to factor in like the cost of the phone entirely, if you want to be that pedantic, sure, you could do that. But it's so much cheaper so you don't have to think about <laughs> whether or not it's worthy to take a photo. You just do it. You can just act, rather. Like, I'll take, I mean, mm-hmm. with my phone, I'll take seven or ten photos as fast as I can of something that's happening in a social moment. And I know that I can edit and splice between those to cap- to create a moment that somewhat captures the memory. So it might not even be one photo that you end up seeing later. It might be a composition of two or three photos spliced together but because of like the way it captures the memory it you know it seems like it's a good representation of what was happening to me not many people were thinking that way in the 80s the 90s even the 2000s because it was so expensive to be able to do that it isn't that expensive anymore you know so i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's just people utilize technology to the fullest extent they can really like, okay, so here's here's another question. So obviously, our parents' generation grew up in a world where, like, Photoshop didn't really exist. I mean, you could doctor a photo, but it took a lot of hard work to do. And then our generation, we really were aware that Photoshop was pretty real um, and used every day, all the time, from, you know, the mid-90s onwards. And then mm. the generation after us, they're not... I don't think the generation after us, they're worried about like, has this photo been airbrushed? Has this been, has this digital picture been photoshopped? I think they just assume it has. I think more so what's in their paradigm is like, is this even a real thing? 
Like, did this actually even yeah. exist? Yeah, I think deep fakes are pretty are fascinating and incredibly cool in a creepy way. But I think the generation growing up now is just like, we know that you can entirely fabricate film imagery and sound. Like, we don't even necessarily know that any of this is, like, real. And that's a paradigm <laughs> you and I never had to deal with, really. Yeah, right. It's still it's it still is something that's unbelievable to me. Like I obviously I believe it. I've I've seen it, but I don't think about it normally. I don't look at photos and automatically think is this real or not. I my brain t- tells me it's a photo, it's real. Yep. And listeners, if you're not familiar with deep fakes, just go to YouTube and look up um Bill Hader, Tom Cruise deep fake. And if you've never been exposed to a deep deep fake before, you'll uh You'll either find it to be the coolest thing in the world or the creepiest thing in the world, but it is impressive <laughs> technology. Yeah, it's both. Well, so now I'm curious, like, what is this current generation that's really growing up with the technology? I mean, I have nieces and nephews, so I guess I could ask them that are they're in that age range. But like my nephew, he's seven now. Let's just say that for the record. Um, mm-hmm. He. He sends me video clips, slow motion videos, edited videos, things like that all the time that he just makes from his iPad. He's like seven or eight, <laughs> you know, for the purpose of RDQI land. Like, th- yeah. We, and we, God help us if anyone finds those videos, but we made a bunch of videos growing up, but it was nothing compared to what you can do with a tablet or a phone these days. So do you think that because like the technology is available to edit f- films and, pictures so well and it's so commonplace that this younger generation the generation that's growing up with this technology in their hands almost from the day they're born do you think they're gonna that their view on art is just going to be so dramatically different than our generation ever could even think of it yeah i i mean i i think it's a it, it will be a very accelerated version of what's happened throughout the history of art, right? Where there's, you know, styles come, styles go there, but there is, there is an evolution, you know, there might be some resurgence of, of various styles, you know, throughout history, but there's a modern twist to that, right? Like it's, it's not cyclical. It might be classicism turns into romanticism, then turns into neoclassicism, which is <laughs> sure yeah. going back to classicism, but not quite like there's still a modern progressive twist on it. You know, it's still, right. it's still progressing. It's like a refresh. Um, and that, and yeah. the reason, yeah, but the reason those things change is, you know, because of changes in technology, really. You know, human beings are more or less the same, but they just experience different things. Yeah, which I guess kind of... They experience the world in different ways. Which I think kind of gets to an interesting nexus point between what we're talking about now and our past memory episode. Um, that was much more about memory formation and human psychology and biology. But I remember doing some research and I was... Uh, watch this interview with Peter Sellers, not the actor, the stage play director, Peter Sellers. Um, it was at mm-hmm. UCLA. If you want to look it up, I'm sure you can find it somewhere online. And he, I didn't think about this beforehand. <clears throat> so it's certainly not my idea. It's all Peter Sellers. But basically the the origin of the theater, of stage productions, right, was to remember 
something or someone. It was always in remembrance. It was always to form memories. Typically, it was to remember your ancestors, right? People who have died before us. You go to ancient Greece, you go to ancient China, you go to the ancient Middle East, you're going to find that these types of plays, if you will, were put on. And they were always about remembering something before you. And I think there's an important point where to know where you're going, you need to know where you are, and you also must see where you've come from. So I think there's a human desire, kind of like you're talking about living in the moment, and your desire to spend more time living in the moment. That's incredibly important. But you also can't totally let go of the past and the future. Kind of, if that makes any sense. And so depending on it does. where you are in life, you might think about if you're trying to capture the past and you're really aware of that, maybe you're taking a lot of photos because you know how fleeting life is. I mean, maybe, who knows? And so I think depending on where you where you feel that you are as a person in that spectrum, you know, am I living in the moment? Am I preparing for the future or am I remembering the past? Depending on where you feel that you're at in that moment might depend on how you actually interact with technology to memorialize what's happening. That was a weird place to end off, but no, if I think you're you're on to something though, because if we if we think about it, human beings have been preserving the past in one form or another for a very long time. And, you know, prior to written tradition, we have a lost oral tradition. Right. But there was some sort of past preservation. It just got lost. And then, you know, humans decided, oh, well, we don't want to lose these. So let's start writing them down, I guess. Exactly. Um, you know, and so, so while... 300 years ago, you didn't take a picture of the things that were happening every day. You went home and you wrote about them, you know, to preserve sure. that memory. Dear diary. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of memories, I'm sure, that I lived fully in the moment, did not document, and then forgot about because that's the way memory works. And they may have been delightful memories. There are some there are some memories that I find that were preserved. You know, like I didn't take a picture of it, but someone else does. And I see it five years later and I've completely forgotten about it until I see that photo. And I think, oh, I forgot about that moment. And I don't think I've ever been disappointed by that. I've always thought this is great. I get to relive this memory again. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's like a painful memory, of course. You know, you just went through the terrible breakup <laughs> yeah, right. and you stumble upon that photo. Yeah, that, that can hurt pretty bad. But, yeah, I mean, you got a good point. But there's also, okay, so in the example of someone who takes a 1,000 photos a day versus someone who takes 10 photos a day, is the person who takes a 1,000 photos a day, are they more likely to go back and enjoy what they saw? Or do they have so much work ahead of them to filter through everything that they took photos of? that it could impede them if ever even enjoying any of those memories like they intended to. Uh, I mean, I guess I can't really speak for anybody because I don't know anybody who takes a thousand photos a day, but I can't imagine. So, although, I mean, that's, I mean, so, so, um, one of my friends is a, as a wedding photographer, um, and you know, she'll take, 
thousands and thousands of photos at a wedding. You know, every moment we'll get like 25 different shots. <laughs> right. And then you'll see them all. The edited version later is fantastic. Every photo is wonderful, but it's because she's gone through and painstakingly selected only the best moments of that. And every time I, I just, every time I think about that, it just sounds like the absolute worst hell for me. Like I, <laughs> yeah, no way. I one time, I, you know, would, would, when I was traveling, I would take like three or four photos of the same thing, and then I would go back later. But like, they all look the same. I don't know which one's best. This is horrible. I'm only taking one photo from now on. But that's not that's that's not me. So I can't really comment for somebody who takes the thought. Do they do they really go back and curate it in a way? Maybe they do. I would I would venture that most don't. But I don't I don't know that for sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. I mean. Man, this, this what I do me. know is I would never be friends with somebody like that because I couldn't stand them taking a thousand photos hanging out with me all day. Yeah, you know, okay, I hear you there because that person can be pretty annoying at a party, you know? Um, it's like they're not interacting with the party. They're documenting it, so to speak. Um, mm. I had a friend like that in college. And fortunately, she was just kind of a wonderful human being and just delightful to be around in all circumstances. So whether or not she was just taking photos of Cecily didn't really matter. She was great. But man, some of the best photos I have of me and other people I love came because of her. She's like a professional photographer. Hmm. That's what she was doing. But she obviously cared about it so much that even in her downtime, just hanging out like at a party, at her own house for that matter, she would still be like filming and documenting it. And she was, oh, she captures... Mm. She gets. Uh, she's very a very emotional photographer. She uses a lot of black and white, and just catches light in a very dramatic, um, evocative, emotionally evocative fashion. I love her work. Anyways, so like you can, you it's possible, but that person's very rare. You know, there's only I've only met one of them. Let's put it that way. And that to me is it's a different world. You know, but per, the professional is different than. I think what we're really trying to get at. Well, and I was bringing it up on purpose. It wasn't a total, a total tangent because this kind of reminds me of <laughs> working in the in the recording studio. I mean, sure, there's no usually you don't document through photos. Sometimes people do. The whole point of recording in a recording studio for music is to capture just the sound. Typically, we're not worried about the visual image at all. <clears throat> but the amount of work that goes into creating a smooth polished recording that has been mixed correctly and mastered technically correctly that people like basically what I'm trying to say is anything you've listened to almost guarantee tens of hours were put in <clears throat> to making some of those little details seem effortless like if you listen to a song you're just like wow that was amazing the song sounded amazing I could really hear the vocal in a very clear and distinct way. I could hear the band in this really unique way. It had a, also had a very distinct vibe. You know, it didn't sound like anyone else. The amount of work that goes in and the amount of editing that goes in to create that is probably is hard to imagine. I mean, tens of hours easily for a, a two-minute song. And so with my experience, like knowing how to go about that and how to do that, how to construct a recording that way, it makes a, like that's just how I'm naturally inclined. So if I ever do record someone's audio, like I know I'm thinking three steps in advance. Same thing if you're a professional photographer, you're thinking three steps in advance. Same thing if you're a professional accountant, you're thinking three steps in advance. What I think is interesting is like 
if someone's really curious and like interactive with multimedia, you know, f- photos and videos on their phone or they get actually a professional camera or even a semi-pro camera and start interacting with it on that creative level. I mean, they may not be earning money for what they do, but the quality of their work can be on par with a professional. And I think if someone's following their passion to that degree that they're doing it for no, you know, monetary gain, so to speak, sure, that will be a unique person, but they're probably the one that is really fully like walking the fine line of how to utilize this technology to the best degree, which is me trying to say, Dave, do we need to have technical mastery before we can, you know, enjoy our life? Or can we just enjoy life and hope that the technical mastery of our tools comes along to us? (laughs) 